0: Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design in Melbourne, and I'm here with Emma Tullock, an architect and uh, one of the directors of uh, Nixon Tullock 40 Architecture, or Architects. Architecture. Architecture. (laughs) I was right, first time. It's becoming more and more difficult to know if it's architecture or architects. That's right. Um, Welcome to the program, Emma.
1: Thank you very much, Stephen, and it's lovely to be here.
0: Emma you've had an interesting history you've um you started at Melbourne University you graduated as an architect yes. and then you uh went for worked for a number of firms started your own practice and you just mentioned to me you've been in the practice of Nixon-Tulloch 40 architecture for 10 years. Yes. So that's an exciting milestone. Oh, it's fantastic.
1: We're so thrilled to to be 10 years old now, which has all been very lovely. I can't believe it's been 10 years. <laughs> and
0: you're also renovating your own house at the moment, so that's a dilemma.
1: Yeah, it, it, it makes my world quite full.
0: <laughs> so thanks for giving me time. Um, Emma, tell me a little bit about... You know, you've specialised. You've created a name in Melbourne for very fine domestic architecture,
1: mm.
0: and you occasionally dabble in commercial work. But I'd have to say most of it is domestic. Is that?
1: Yeah, most of it is. I would say probably ninety five percent is is domestic, and, and be that um, renovations, new houses, or multi res work. Um, we love it. I think it's probably the bottom line. Uh, and it's, it's a joy to, to be in, to be honest. Um, we always love, I think, the, the relationship that we have with our clients. We, we tend to just ask a million questions and, um, and I think as a result of that, we end up getting a very, uh, a beautiful house because it it reflects the client as well as us, and for us that's that 's the joy in it as well
0: because I was mentioned to you before we started talking <laughs> i can 't really define your work, which in a sense is quite a good thing
1: yes, I think it is and, It's and not I, a
0: house style no
1: but i i I think the thing that defines us if if you like is that each project is so very specific to who we 're working with and and where it is, and the the manner in which the clients uh live their life and and we try and get to the bottom of that by probably asking so many questions.
0: Do you think Emma people realize what's involved when they undertake a renovation?
1: No, I don't think so. I think no, that's probably unfair. I think some do and I think some don't. Um, Cuz it's probably
0: 2 to 3 years.
1: It it can be and or, or more and and some mm. people need a little break in the middle which um and yeah, I think it's to get a good result, you need to spend the time uh, doing the legwork beforehand. And as uh, the the best result, I think, is time taken before it actually gets on site so that things are resolved and people understand what they're actually getting.
0: Is it, Emma, and tell me if I'm wrong, that people's expectations have become a little bit unrealistic? I mean, they see things in magazines, they want everything, the wish list becomes quite extensive, and then your task is actually to say, look, you can't afford this, this, this and this, but we can still do this and this to give you the concept or yeah. the idea or the intention.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's critical to have those uh, budget expectations managed very well to begin with. And we make sure that we are doing that in the very early stages so that clients' expectations are not too high um, for what they can afford. And we often get a quantity surveyor involved very early on as well to manage that whole process because, I mean, we... we Loathe wasting our time and our, certainly our clients' time as well and, and money. So
0: it must be quite a heart wrenching ordeal when you sit down with a client for the after the quantity survey has been through. And and there are instances where I'm sure you come across where it's just not possible to 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 achieve what they want.
1: Well, I I think it the key is to be able to uh, get a very Handle early on on what it is that uh, can and can't fit within the budget. So that's about testing area and expectations um, very early on, and getting a quantity surveyor involved very early. So so that's the key, and so therefore by, by doing that, you can actually manage expectations um, a, a little bit better, I think. Mm. Um, but I think even even in instances where things do come over, the the, key, the critical thing is to be able to understand with the client, discuss with the client, what are the important things. So the things to spend money on, and the things that you can lose. Yeah, absolutely. And and clients understand that, and and they we empower them to make sure that they're making the decision as to what what is important to them. Do they want that, and are they prepared to pay that little bit extra for it? Um, do you, say, Emma, do you
0: often suggest staging or projects, uh, or is that more fiddly?
1: No, it, to be honest, in in our experience, uh, it ends up being um, more. Uh, it costs a little bit more. It takes longer and it can often take um, be more expensive because of that as well. So trades have to come back twice. So, uh, And again, e- each project is specific. Sometimes it works for clients to do that. But um, it, generally in the long run, it, it more than likely ends up costing more.
0: Emma, I want to look at some of the projects you've done over the last couple of years. You've got this fabulous house you call the Marble House. <laughs> yes. Obviously because it's fully clad in marble, yes. which must have cost an absolute bomb.
1: There, There is a lot of marble in that house. And it's, it's very faux, beautiful.
0: Don't say it's faux marble. Oh, looks, Lord, no. It looks like real marble. <laughs> oh, it
1: most certainly is.
0: How did that start, the idea of marble? Because it is a very monumental house.
1: Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Um, the It... It needed a, a beautiful street presence, um, and uh, in discussions with our client, uh, it, it needed the grandeur as well. It is—it's a quite soft material as well, and I think the, the building itself is quite hard-edged um, by its corners and the use of steelwork. So to have the, the marble cladding on the outside really does just give it a, a, a gentleness, if you like. Mm.
0: And also, the landscaping as well works with. Oh,
1: of course. And it, it softens all that as well. I mean, it's a beautiful palette. It does, that stone does run yeah. all the way in the house. And it's a, it, it just binds the house together. So that, that stone is also through all of the ground floor up the stairs and also in the uh, the rear courtyard as um, well. The
0: landscape was done by Jack Merlot. Yes. That's it's nice. also, it's intensified in a sense the landscaping by using a lot of black.
1: Yes, very much.
0: It's very moody black.
1: Oh, absolutely. Aesthetic.
0: So you've got black painted. Walls, black steel uh, in the uh, facade. That's
1: right.
0: uh, Black um, garden beds. Black's almost used as a colour, generously.
1: Absolutely, and we do love it, (laughs) and uh, you use it unashamedly, I guess. So, yeah, it is beautiful. It does always make the garden stick out a little bit more, which is which is even better as well.
0: Um, This is obviously a very finely detailed house. I mean, nothing's been left to chance. You've got marble stairs, steel. Oh no! Timber, stained timber, balustrades. Um, it is beautifully finished. What are the challenges? Even though you have, you know, this is obviously a, a, an expensive home, mm. people's expectations go up. Even if it is a reasonable budget, there's that expectation of even more.
1: Is, isn't that yeah, not that, the case? Uh, yes and no. And and again, I, look, I th- I think that people come to with come to us with an an understanding probably of what we do and what we have done in the past. Um, but again, I think it's probably, it, it has to be managing those expectations because we we, we really don't like things going over budget. So, um, it, but for us, it's it's beautiful to, to use beautiful materials and have the budget to do so. But we just try and do that very um, um, carefully, if you like.
0: What are the things that tend to, Go when there is a bit of a change in direction in terms of a budget? What are the things that you, and I think people would be interested in this, the things that can be put aside hmm. that really don't change your life? What uh, are the things you say to people, look, maybe don't do that?
1: Um, to be honest, the, the first thing is to review the area because often um, our houses can be a little bit. Uh, bigger than than we need, and, and taking area out of project is is often the best way to bring budgets down. Um, material selection is obviously uh, important as well, and I think probably a definition between front of house spaces and back of house spaces. And I think that's uh, that's really where clients can very much understand to to just pare back a little bit. So in.
0: bedrooms can do with simpler joinery.
1: Yeah, indeed, absolutely, and I think that's that's key to making good decisions. Mm-hmm. But I think the key is also probably to have the appropriate budget. That sounds rude, but that's mm. not what I mean. It's mm. it's, it's making sure that um, clients come come prepared for, for what they want as well.
0: Emma, what's the the usual way you present an idea to clients? Do you some, I mean, like a fashion designer, some will actually sketch and some will actually um, do, you know, a, a, um, a Uh, A toile to create a a garment. Mm. How do you actually uh, explain an idea? And sometimes a difficult concept to clients. Do you make models or do you sketch or CAD? What do you do?
1: Uh, Both and everything, to be honest. Um, We tend to sketch, uh, use CAD a lot, AutoCAD a lot, but we also use SketchUp. So we're modelling the project very, very early on. So we find that that gives our clients the best understanding of what the project's a 3D model. Like, yeah, a 3D model. So we're we're modelling very early on, probably from probably the the second or third meeting, we will be um, the the project will be fully uh, elevated and and rendered out.
0: Um, and we have got another interesting house here, and this is this is almost the opposite of the first house <laughs> in terms of it's just as as um, striking.
1: Yes.
0: but it's fully clad in timber battens. Yes. And zinc. And zinc. And black again (laughs) as a surprise. What a surprise. It's almost like this black core that's Mm. kind of wrapped around with um, timber battens. Tell me about that project because it it looks very interesting. Is privacy an issue in this
1: one? Very much. It is uh, right on the... the the end of a road so it's very very public and it fronts to a park so the house was very much about making sure that there was a degree of screening and a little bit of privacy um, built into those upper areas because it was very much on display in the first floor areas so um, that screening from the sun uh, all of those elements whilst giving a lot of privacy was was really key to that that project.
0: It's quite amazing. It's a beautiful house. Oh, it's
1: absolutely gorgeous.
0: And it actually, it, it is lovely the way you've layered it. So it is has this, you know, black zinc inner core and then... A softer yeah article. And
1: the beautiful thing with this house in particular is that we've consciously made a decision to let the timber age, and we we know that obviously our houses are going to age over time, and so to to be aware of that and engage, that embrace that really early on in in the design process is is quite critical, I think as well.
0: There must be clients, uh, Emma, who say who who look at the timber when it's first applied and love it, but then there'd be those who are very finicky. And if it doesn't age the way they expect it, what do you do?
1: Um, try and have an age sample <laughs> with you at all times. You yeah, do that. Look, it, it, we, we need to because it's unless they're going to be up there maintaining coatings on it the whole time, it's uh, it 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 is going to age. So, unless they want a regime of, of making sure that they re-coat it every mm. year,
0: and I suppose you could probably get an idea of the personality type as to whether they're going to be comfortable it, with something aging or whether it has to be absolutely, pristine.
1: absolutely. And again, that's that's sorted out very early in in the piece as well.
0: Emma, um, I'm looking at another project. This is a. Um, uh, I'm looking at this one, which is actually. Um, a beautiful house in uh, Melbourne's eastern suburbs Victorian house yes which was again surprise surprise black um, polished timber floors yes, and black beautiful. steel detailing mm. lovely black steel uh, doors it's a Victorian house which I'm always interested in Victorian houses because I think they're stubborn they
1: they can be hard to work with, they can be uh, they don't give a lot in as much as they're often orientated the wrong way. um they're very, very dark in their middle, the belly off them, and uh, they they don't operate the way that we we design now so, because
0: it's much more I mean in the Victorian period they're much more internalised in, yeah, the very formal much. living room the the fireplace was the focus absolutely and
1: so so light was not the key. Whereas what we do is obviously try and get as much light into houses and and have beautiful ventilation throughout the house. So integrating those, I think, is always um, the key to make sure that you're doing the right thing in in terms of how they relate to each other.
0: The other thing that I've noticed with a number of your projects, and correct me if I'm wrong, you really do choose a very restricted palette of materials. You don't overdo that.
1: No, no. And we do that very consciously as well. I think there's there's a purity of materials that I think by having a restrained palette. I think also that we're really keen for our clients to have their own personalities in their house as well by having it too tizzy before our clients then put their own layer on and I think just get, ends up getting too much. Yeah. So And this
0: house in, in – um, this Victorian house is filled with great art. Oh, indeed. And so really you're creating this lovely um, – backdrop for all their beautiful artwork absolutely
1: and and because of that it needed to be quite solid and quite restrained um, but also very robust it, um, our clients in particular wanted to make sure that it didn't look like a, a gallery that it was a house to be lived in and that was very very important and they've got young us.
0: children yeah absolutely um, what's this project about the last
1: uh, it, it is uh, just a, a small office in uh, in and uh for a landscape designer, beautiful house uh, in a, a prime position, so very much about having a conference room right on the street. So there was, uh, well, interesting relationship as to how to get clients through that space um, because obviously the workings of the, the office were beyond that um, front mm. area.
0: What do you see as challenges with offices as opposed to housing?
1: Uh, making sure that the spaces don't feel cut off. I think that there is, um, there is beauty in being able to seamlessly integrate both things without having it look too uptight, and I think we we do have, uh, in, in this particular project, we wanted to just make sure that it, it felt a little bit softer as well, so it didn't look too commercial that there was... Um,
0: a sense of home. Yeah,
1: very much, but also a sense of comfort, and I mean, the, the critical thing for us is, is beautiful fine detailing throughout, but consideration of how you actually feel in a space as well. So whilst, yes, it is a commercial space, it still feels very comfortable and, and very... Um, Warm, if you like.
0: And given gardens and home, you know, it's basically the client is, um, you know, working on Garden design at home, yeah, and as for well. homes, it kind of gives you that sense you are connected. Right.
1: But equally, though, I mean, this client obviously does a lot of commercial work as well, yeah. so it's not specific just to a residential market. It it can brace in the space, I think, can represent that it, uh, it does both commercial and and residential spaces as well.
0: Um, Emma, where do you think architecture is heading? Because there's so many different messages out there. I picked up this article recently and I yes. couldn't believe it said the 90s are back. I had to laugh because I thought we haven't really had the 80s yet, we're already on to the 90s, whatever that was.
1: And we all know how much you like your circular pipes. <laughs> yes. So
0: what? Where, where are we headed, do you think? Where, where do you, are we heading in architecture?
1: All I know is we are so very busy. It's, um, I know our our practice is ridiculously busy. So it's you don't have
0: time to think about. Well, no,
1: it's it's not so much that. I, I just think that it is. Um, certainly for us, it is a um, a buoyant stage in architecture. I think that there's an absolute joy in architecture that is, or well, certainly from from our end, is is coming across stronger and stronger. I, I certainly think that people are more engaged with with what architecture is and how it plays a, a role in our.
0: Are you also finding Emma. Sorry, I cut you off.
1: No, that um, no no go go.
0: Um, are you also finding Emma that clients are changing in terms of demographics um,
1: probably not for us i mean i speak only from yeah. from us um, we have a range of clients that are sort of from the well, from their 30s to right through to, to their 80s, to be honest. So it, for us, that's always been quite consistent. So I'm not sure I'm answering that question. Yeah.
0: Do, you, <laughs> yeah. do you find with the older clients you have, sometimes they're more adventurous than the younger ones yes. who are perhaps more interested in just in resale?
1: Perhaps, They're yes. doing
0: it for themselves. It's their last project that they might be doing together.
1: Yeah, per- perhaps. I, I must say I've, I've never thought about it yeah. that way, but certainly of of our older clients, Which we love, obviously. Um, That there is an absolute um, commitment to what they're doing, and um, and they want to love it, and we want to love it with them, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's I hadn't really thought about that, to be honest. That's okay.
0: You're allowed (laughs) to think about it after you leave. I will. Maybe
1: I will. I'll get back to you, (laughs)
0: Um, Emma. The other thing that is probably don't people don't realise is how many complications there are with uh, designing a house, rebuilding a house. There's so many people to. Organise, and I don't envy your task of actually having to pick up where people don't quite finish. <laughs> Tell me about that, because I think management must be an awful lot of what you do.
1: A, a lot of it is. The key is having a great client and a great builder to to work with. To be honest, and for us, the key is dialogue. You have to be able to discuss pretty much everything. To be honest, and and be incredibly open about everything that's going on. Um, the way that operates best. Particularly on a site where there, you just you can't document absolutely every detail. There is there is no way we would never finish documenting if we treated a project that way. So to be able to work very well with a builder and, and and be very clear about what in terms of resolving a detail, for example, what's important to us. So and what you need to be very clear with your builder to say, okay, well, I need to see this three millimeter detail or five millimeter detail. Of, and that uh,
0: one you can leave.
1: Yeah, and and but be able to say, okay, well. This, this can give, that can give, this is the critical detail here. So it's, it's really important to be able to discuss those things carefully, both with the builder and, and also, uh, you know, they, they know so much. <laughs> and, and it's, it's critical to be able to work well with them. And
0: what's Emma? Uh, what's probably the biggest surprise you've had with a renovation or a new house? Because there must be those surprises that no one foresees. It must be in a case in your 10 years working with Nixon Tullock 40 yes. that something has just come out of left field and you said, oh, my God.
1: Well, I'm, I must tell you a little story about um, very early on in our practice a uh, 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 Another house that we were working on in, in Turek was um, we had just started. I think we'd been on site for about a week and the uh, demolition the, – the builders rang and said um, – It was a new house? Uh, no, a renovation to a house, to a 60s house actually and um, – and the demolition guys had uh, found an oil tank that was underneath <laughs> there. And I laugh now because I was so horrified at the time. Um how big? Uh, It was about probably two metres by one and a half metres, maybe even three metres. Why? Oh, it would have been an old oil tank for their heating system oh. for the house. So, but again, I mean, th- there is no way of telling that that's there. So, uh, and
0: how th- problematic was that to well, remove? Well, it
1: was difficult. So, uh, I mean, obviously, mm. it, it had, all the oil had to get taken out. It ended up, I think we ended up filling it with. Concrete, to be honest, um, can't quite remember. It's a while yeah. ago now, <laughs> ten years ago, perhaps.
0: But no one can foresee that. <laughs> no,
1: well. absolutely not. And and it's again, it's it's critical for clients to be aware that there are things that that no one can predict that. So, but I think I mean some of the other things, some of the other joys are actually, even though we model it, all of our model most of our projects along the way is some of the joy that you actually get when you stand in a space and it's flooded with light and the the joy of actually it being better than you actually imagined it would be. And that is an exquisite feeling.
0: And must be for you and the client.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's it's really. Well, it, that's why
0: I think um, print and magazines are fine, but they don't really do justice to actually standing in a space. No,
1: they. I, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I I didn't used to agree with that, but I I do think that now because even um, there is an absolute joy and a calm that can't be translated.
0: mean the way the light falls, mm,
1: indeed. Yeah, it's it's beautiful though.
0: Look, thanks so much for coming onto the program today, Emma. It's a pleasure. Um, I have been following your career for some time now, <laughs> not quite ten years, but um, uh, it is exquisite work, and I love your uh, I love the way you approach things, particularly the way you organise other people. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. It's a delight to be here. It's a joy to talk to you as always.
0: Thanks so much. You've been with, um, listening to Emma Tullock, a director of Nixon Tullock 40 Architecture. And I'm Stephen Crafty presenting Talking Design. Thanks so much for listening.